Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a student carefully follows the school's dress code. Our next Reddit post is from Hajinli. Another post on here reminded me of this story, which actually happened to my sister. We'll call her Amanda. A few years ago, there was a big sporting event that all of my family wanted to get together and watch. We decided to all get together in my sister's house to watch it. She needed to upgrade her TV package to include more sports channels, which she was able to do online on the TV producer's website. Great! We had a great day, watched the big game, and ate and drank far too much. The issue started when my sister went to cancel the subscription so as to not keep paying the higher rate for future months. Apparently, while you can upgrade your package and give the company more money online, removing the package was much more difficult, of course. They said the only way to cancel the package was over the phone. My sister is deaf. So, needless to say, this was an issue. My sister had been emailing and complaining to no avail. At the time this happened, my brother was temporarily staying with my sister and he called the company for her. The exchange apparently went like this. I'm relaying what my sister and brother told me. My brother said, Hi, I need to cancel the subscription for extra sports for my sister Amanda. The lady on the line said, I'll need to speak with Amanda. My sister's deaf. She can't speak with you over the phone. There's nothing I can do. I have to speak with the account holder if you want to cancel your subscription. You need to speak with a deaf person on the phone? Yes. And you don't see anything wrong with your current system. All changes have to be done by the account holder. Yes, exactly. And the only reason why this was set up was because she was able to make these changes online. What you're saying is that she can't reverse the changes. All I can tell you is that I have to speak with Amanda. At this point, my brother was telling my sister what was being said, and they came up with a perfect solution. Okay, one second, here's Amanda. My brother continued speaking, and it's worth noting that he has quite a deep, husky voice. I need to cancel my sports subscription. I think you're the person I was just speaking to. No, I'm Amanda. You said you needed to speak with me. I thought you were deaf. And yet you insisted on speaking with me on the phone, so here I am. Please cancel my subscription. I have all the information you need to verify my identity. The subscription got cancelled. I've used a pretty similar tactic myself. These companies, they honestly don't know anything about you. They've got your name, your credit card info, and probably your address, but that's about it. So if you're living with a partner and your partner has something set up in their name, you can really easily change it because you have all of their information. My wife's name is Nicole, and I've had times when I've had to call up on her behalf to set something up. Inevitably, they're like, Okay, sir, we need to speak with the account holder, Nicole. Yes, this is Nicole speaking. Um, you're the account holder, Nicole? Yeah, is there a problem? Oh, um, no, sir. Let me just confirm these details. Down in the comments, it sounds like a lot of people use my strategy, including this story from Nitrostat. My mom was sick of trying to cancel a cable subscription, so I called up and pretended to be her. I used all her info. When the guy on the line said, You're Mrs. X? You sound like a man. I just inhaled and screamed through the phone. What the F did you just say to me, young man? He couldn't help me fast enough. Our next Reddit post is from Teacher Post. I'm a 16-year-old female. And yesterday, I emailed my teachers and told them that I'll be going to the hospital to get an infusion for a chronic illness that I have and a blood transfusion. And I asked if they would mind if I had my camera off for the class sessions. All of them said yes, except for my history teacher. She said that she needs to know that I'm actually in class. I tried to explain my situation and that I was uncomfortable with the class seeing me in the infusion clinic with my central line and all of my monitors. 
And for context here, a central line is basically a tube that gets inserted into your chest to administer drugs. My teacher basically said tough luck and that I need to show up for class. So the class starts and I log into the meeting, and you can very clearly see the central line in my chest. The IV pole with a unit of blood and the monitors that go to my chest. I forget what they're called. My teacher looked visibly uncomfortable the entire time and emailed me after the class saying that I made her uncomfortable and what I did was completely unprofessional. I reminded her that she said that I have to have my camera on the whole time. <laughs> OP, that teacher was incredibly stupid. Clearly, your teacher forcing you to keep your camera on was pretty unethical. <laughs> but then scolding you for following her instructions? OP, you should write an email to the superintendent or the principal and say that your teacher basically forced you to share private medical information with the class. I don't know exactly what the laws are surrounding this situation, but ethically, your teacher is in a lot of hot water with this one. What an idiot. Our next Reddit post is from Naboo Taboo. I'm going to preface this with the fact that I have anorexia, so read at your own discretion, because this can be potentially upsetting. One day, I was hanging around in my school's biology labs talking to professors, and my academic advisor walked in. I just started treatment because I lost upwards of 20 pounds in two months and needed to get back on the wagon to stay in school. Since my advisor had walked in on the conversation, I was hoping to segue into bringing her aside to talk about extensions. Nope. She came into the conversation with... Wow, I wish I could lose weight like that. She rattled on about her unsuccessful dieting and her lack of willpower, not like mine. I lost it internally. Mind you, she was fully aware of my issues because I had taken medical absences and had to maneuver classes around treatment. That never stopped her from telling me that whenever I eat french fries that I don't eat real food. Here's where the malicious compliance comes in. I, in jest, said, do you want tips? She obviously jumped on that. Of course she'd love tips. The next day I sent an email with every single detail of behavior usage. How to restrict, how to vomit, lying to your friends and therapists, how to run a 5k after not eating for days, etc. It got graphic too, with how to deal with vomiting blood, passing out in public, acid erosion on your teeth, and having your hair fall out. She didn't respond to that email, but she stopped talking about dieting in front of me for the rest of my time in college. And, man, I feel bad laughing about this, but this story is brutal. Down in the comments, we have a similar post from Queen Nibbler. My mom lost a ton of weight during the month after my dad passed. She just wasn't eating. Whenever people asked her for a secret, she would say, I don't recommend the diet. When they pushed more, she would say, my secret is having my husband die suddenly, works wonders, really kills the appetite like nothing else. That usually shut people up. Our next Reddit post is from Tandy Angie. Our junior high dress code was a pain. Most teachers didn't care so long as the kids weren't distracting. The principal of the junior high, however, insisted on enforcing every single rule. A friend of mine wore a long sleeve shirt under a tank top. The principal insisted that she couldn't wear the tank top because tank tops were against the dress code. But she couldn't take off the tank top because her shirt was slightly see-through. Another violation. Inst <laughs> Instead of allowing her to simply wear the tank over a long sleeve shirt, she sent her home. I decided that this wouldn't stand. I studied every rule in the dress code to prove how stupid it was. I started off small and worked my way up. No open-toed sandals. This one was easy. I wore open-toed high heels. Nothing in the rules against high heels, and the open-toed rule only applied to sandals the way it was written. 
I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Like, it's been a while since I've been in high school. Is it normal for kids to not be able to show their toes in school? Like, I'm sorry, principal. I just can't concentrate with all these girls' toes around me. It's just so hot. I can't listen to what the teacher's saying. All right, back to the story. Shirts must be tucked into pants. Belts must be worn through belt loops. I knocked out two here by wearing a skirt. Skirts, or at least the one I wore, had no belt loops and wasn't considered pants, so I wasn't required to tuck anything in or wear a stupid belt. Backpacks must be plain colored with no pins or excessive accessories. I picked up a briefcase from a resale shop and slapped it with every sticker I could find. Any random logo or inspirational sticker I had lying around got slapped on it. Technically, a briefcase isn't a backpack. No costumes allowed. I have verified this. My school considered a costume to be anything only worn for a certain period of time or for a certain reason. If you wore it all day, it was an outfit, not a costume. I abused this one so badly. Once a week, I dressed up as a lawyer, a clown, a hippie, a Shakespearean actor, a superhero, a cameraman, etc. Complete, of course, with as many accessories as I could handle. So long as I never took them off, this made gym class interesting, they weren't considered part of a costume. I ended up letting kids pick out what I would dress as each week. No crazy hairstyles. I kept my natural hair colors and kept the styles of something that was at least popular at one point. Beehives took forever, but that was the most satisfying. Bonus points if I could find pictures of adults who were still wearing their hair like that currently. Shirts aren't allowed to have logos or prints, only patterns and consistent designs. Consistent designs was my loophole here. No print, fine, but consistent print made specifically to look like a design? At this point, the principal was going mad, and she didn't let this one slide. She insisted I change, which I expected. Gym shorts must touch a student's knees or be as long as their fingertips. Guess whose fingertips reach about three inches below her butt? Me. I went from wearing a shirt that said bite me all over it to an outfit that included short shorts. But my shorts were still longer than my fingers. I even offered to change back into my other clothes. At this point in the year, we were almost done with school. Other kids were following my lead, and we were driving the principal mad. I decided to kick it up a bit further. I attacked what should have been the most basic rules. No sunglasses. Rose-colored glasses aren't considered sunglasses because you can easily see through them. Still, the principal jerked them off my face and insisted I wouldn't get them back until the end of the day. No tank tops. I wore a dress with spaghetti straps. It wasn't a shirt, so it wasn't breaking a rule. Belts must be plain with no dangerous materials. Plain it must be, so plain I went. I wore a shoe string as a belt. I wore a braided yarn string as a belt. I even wore a spandex band sewn to my pants as a belt. No Crocs. Crocs are not the only rubber shoe, my friend. I found every off-brand Croc I could get a hold of. Finally, at the end of the year, I wore one of my most outrageous outfits. I wore a see-through dress over leggings and a shirt that barely classified as a t-shirt. I wore shoes with a four-inch cork heel. <laughs> I had on fake glasses, they had no lenses, and a four-inch wide headband. I wore bangles up to my elbows and anklets on each foot. I had a box to carry my books in that was decorated with blinking battery-powered fairy lights. I walked right up to the principal and gave her a smile. Kids paused to see what would happen. I waited to see what she would say. We'd had this conversation all year. She would point out the rule that I broke, and I would prove how I didn't. She sighed. The principal said, Fine, but if even one teacher says you're distracting the class, you change clothes. We shook on it. 
The only thing I had to ditch was most of the bangles. They kept clinging while I wrote. In the end, I ended up getting the dress code rewritten and amended, and the principal implemented a new procedure where dress code violations were not sent home. They were noted, and students had to wear a piece of duct tape indicating the specific violation. If you forgot a belt, you put a piece of tape on as a belt loop. Kids only started to get in trouble after three dress code violations in the same week. Since she lightened up on the dress code and how harshly it was punished, she stopped having trouble with kids breaking the rules all the time. It worked out for everyone. All these school dress code policies where administrators think that young teenage boys are getting all thirsty over toes and shoulders reminds me of a story I read a while back. I forget where it was, but Opie had like a major foot fetish and a really hot teacher. And one day the teacher wore these open-toed sandals and Opie was going crazy over them. So when the teacher came over to another student, OP stealthily pulled out his phone and took a picture of the teacher's feet. But he forgot to mute the sound, so it made that loud click sound. <laughs> the classroom was dead silent, so everyone, including the teacher, heard the photograph. Whoops. Our next Reddit post is from Procrastinator3000. A friend of mine lived in a pretty big neighborhood with a pretty strict homeowners association. He was the first house at the bottom of the hill that you saw when you drive in. He asked and was allowed to add a garage to his house and did so, citing it with cedar planks. It looked great. His HOA disagreed and told him the bylaws stated that all exposed walls must be painted. He tried to appeal, but was shot down unanimously. So he checked the bylaws further and found that while it was stated that all exposed walls must be painted, there was absolutely no mention of any color restrictions. By the time he was done, each plank was a different primary color, and there was nothing they could do about it. They were furious with him, and he laughed his butt off. Our next Reddit post is from Rambo Robertson's. Background. When I was 16, while working as a bagger in a grocery store, we got a new manager. We'll call her Elisa. Elisa had a very, I'm right, you're wrong attitude. She didn't care if she was in the wrong, but you better do what she told you until she changed her mind. If you spoke out against her, you would end up on her blacklist and she would do her best to get you fired. Generally, the bagger is the lowest position in the store. We collect carts from the lot, put away items, stock, clean, bag, and somehow we're always at fault. Cue Elisa. I had an early shift. I clocked in, started morning duties, and I heard on the loudspeaker, OP, please come up to aisle 6. That's the frozen island seafood. I came in and Elisa gives me a smile and asks me to grab a bucket and scrub brush. I was going to pull up the bottom aluminum floor panels at the bottom of the freezer and melt the ice that accumulated around the fans. It shouldn't take longer than 30 minutes, she said. She wanted to make sure that I used cold water since we didn't want the temperature sensors to go off. Anything over 42 degrees Fahrenheit would set them off and corporate would call. <laughs> I say, let me make sure I have this right. You would like me to fill the bucket with cold water and pour it on the ice in the freezer while the freezer is set at 19 degrees Fahrenheit? Elisa stares at me like I'm stupid. And for all my non-American fans out there, 19 degrees Fahrenheit is negative 7 Celsius. I inform her that this isn't going to work. The water will freeze and just create a mound of ice. I suggest using hot or practically boiling water while watching the temperature. Alisa gives me a firm no and the threat of writing me up if I disobey. So I start malicious compliance. I've already figured that no matter what I do, I'm likely to get in trouble. To get the water, I had to fill up the bucket in the meat department sink. The meat manager asked what I was up to and I told the story with all the details. The meat manager is scratching his head and he heads over to call Alisa. She confirms and I hear a bit of arguing. 
The meat manager comes back, gives me a smile, and says to do as I was told. He'd back me up. So, for the next hour, I must have put about 200 gallons of cold water onto the freezer fan. I stopped and moved to the next fan each time the compartment was filled to the brim with ice. I got four compartments done before she came to check on me. Instant rage! Elisa went from white to red real quick. It was also the first time I'd ever heard a manager cuss. What the F is this? How the F could you screw up something so simple, said Elisa. I just said, I did exactly what you told me to. I took buckets of cold water and poured them on the ice around the fans. Right as she said she was going to write me up, the meat manager came over after hearing her cussing. The meat manager saw the ice-filled compartments and mentioned that I should have used hot water. This sent Elisa over the edge. Up to my office now, you're being written up. The meat manager did what he said he'd do. He stuck up for me. The meat manager mentioned that he double-checked with her about what she wanted me to do and that I was complying with her instructions. She went silent for a moment, and it was like her head was going to pop off. She just took a deep breath and muttered, Fix it! and walked away. The meat manager gave me an extended industrial hose hooked up to hot water. The water in the meat department can get up to 140 degrees Fahrenheit to kill bacteria. The ice was gone in 15 minutes, and since apparently the freezer temperature measured as a whole, it never went above 34 degrees Fahrenheit. Elisa avoided me for a week afterwards. I knew that I was on her blacklist, and for the next eight months, she tried to write me up for the most pitiful reasons. Eventually, I was given a written warning for leaving nine minutes early with approval from the front-end manager who was friends with Elisa. At that point, I knew that I would get fired for BS reasons eventually, and I just quit without my two weeks' notice. Well, it's like what they always say, revenge is a dish best served cold. That was r slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish episodes that were banned from YouTube. Also, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.